Welcome to Interruptions Podcast, where we have heartfelt and sacred discussions about our culture, faith, traditions, and community. We invite guests who are open and willing to share their journey and disrupt the silence on their personal and professional interruptions that have impacted their lives as it relates to emotional wellness. Kathy and I are passionate about every episode and committed to providing actionable advice that you can apply today to reinvent yourself and encourage you to develop a path towards healing. Our podcast today is titled, Don't Forget the Men. And I am one of your co-hosts, Reverend O. And I am the other co-host, Coach Kathy. Hi. How are you? I am well. I am well enjoying this beautiful spring weather. It's still cold. It's still cold. I know. I know. But the sun is out. Yes. So we'll did take you enjoy? It. Did you happy belated happy Mother's Day? I sent you a text. Did you enjoy your Mother's Day? I did. I did absolutely nothing, which is my tradition for the past about ten some odd years. So I love it. I do nothing. Okay. I don't want to go out. Don't want to fight the crowds that have dinner. I want to be in the house, relax, and do nothing. Well, I hope you did that because I did it for the first time and enjoyed it. So happy Mother's Day to all of our <laughs> listeners. Yeah. So so good. That's that is exactly what I did. Stayed in my bed and watched TV on my tablet. How about that? <laughs> it's awesome, isn't it? Yeah, it's like I don't have to flip channel. I just go to movie after movie. I'm loving this <laughs> this this world of streaming, this new life options that we have. See, see, that's wonderful. <laughs> and, and I'm saying, how insane is this to watch TV on a small tablet when I have a 22 inch in my room? I'm like, mm, something's wrong with me. You can jump, like you said, from whatever you want. See, and it was Mother's Day. You get to do what you want to do. Yes, thank you, because it was my day. <laughs> did you go to church? I did not. I did not. No, we were in. I told you that is my tradition. I don't do anything, nothing. Well, I'm, listen, uh, traditions, traditions. I, I enjoy <laughs> the fact that I didn't have to stand in a restaurant for two hours to be mm-hmm. rushed out. So, so life is good. That's but I exactly. did... I, I did spend time looking at our podcast for today because today is a different podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't talked to men in a while. So we have a special guest on that I'm going to let you enter into the room, please. <laughs> well, yes, the special guest today is actually my son, Garland Eugene Patton Jr. Hello. Hi. Hey. <laughs> How are you? Thank you for having me on. Oh, and I guess you're saying, here. how did how did I get here, right? <laughs> amazement. So much. <laughs> <laughs> well, his, and, and Garland um, and his lovely wife are the parents of my beautiful grandbaby Ramsey. So that's their that's their claim to fame now because they're the parents of Ramsey. Uh, <laughs> Using yes. my identity every day. Oh yeah, <laughs> Garland. Wait till the day that comes, and it's going to be. Oh, you're Ramsey's father. You don't even have a name. Yeah. Uh, 
name. You're Ramsey's father. Oh, I know you. You're Ramsey's father. You're like, okay, do I? <laughs> That's exactly right. That's exactly you know, right. I, I I remember when your daughter was born. Kathy was just just oozing with light, you know, and gleaming, and and it's so. And I understand it because this grandmother love is is different than children. Yeah. Children we we own, we yeah. know they're ours, but uh, this um, we clearly uh, being a grandmother is a new kind of joy and a different kind of love. When my yeah. daughter gave birth, uh, it's been it's been eight years now, and she was two weeks early. So yeah. when she was born, the next two days later. My my sorority, not your mother's sorority. We were having our 100th anniversary in DC. Wow. Our 100th celebration. So I laughed. She's like, "You're leaving me?" I said, "Listen, 100 years. It's not like I can catch the next gala event. I won't be here for the 200. May not be here for the 150." I am not missing the 100th, but that I got a newborn. Hey, we don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. <laughs> so I told her, I'm out. See you later. And to this day, she's never forgiven me for leaving her. I said, listen, I raised my kids. It's your turn to figure it out. <laughs> that is too funny. I never heard that story. That is yeah. hilarious. <laughs> You know, it's not like it. you don't know where the bottle goes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my so, God. Thank you. And I, I, I'm just watching the dynamics of mother and son in the room. And, you know, just for our audience, I, I'll share that as we all log in a little bit early, just to make sure our guests have the right earphones and technology and light. And we normally say to our guests, could you please adjust your light and could you make sure you get on a headset because we really can't hear you? Or could you please do this? But today, <laughs> your mother was, get that off your face. Go get this. Go do this. So I'll, I listen. So I know you feel comfortable because she has already put in those mother instructions. Oh, I'm, I just tune in and listen just like I did when I was younger. Yes. So, and in case our guests are watching and they're saying, well, why is Coach Kathy talking to him that way? Because that's her because that's her baby. It's that that's tone right. of voice that's going to be coming out. That's right. That's right. So, Odell, as you know, our podcast um, is called Don't Forget the Men. And I want to just give our audience a little bit of background how we came about this. So a few yes. months ago, um, uh, since actually since COVID, uh, a woman at my job and myself have been doing something called Wellness Wednesdays. And, and it's been since COVID. So uh, this particular Wellness Wednesday, we had uh, my cousin come on and so it's about a few months ago, though, and she is uh, a midwife. And so I asked her to come on to talk about the current issues going on with women's health, um, just going through, you know, what's the difference between going to a, um, having a gynecologist versus uh, a midwife and just all of those type of conversations. And so um, my son, I had told him 
he calls her TT Pan, um, had told her that she was coming on. And he said he definitely wanted to join in the call because she really had played a large part um, in the delivery of their daughter, although she lives here in Connecticut. And the reason for that is my son and daughter-in-law live in Georgia, and they were going through this process alone, at, you know, because we didn't know when she was coming. And um, Princess Ramsey was born during COVID. And so we didn't know even if we would be able to travel to them. And just that whole COVID dynamic of them not being able to have people with them going in the hospital, um, just it was just a lot of trauma. And so she really walked them through that process in terms of um, what to ask the doctors. And even when they got to the hospital, she was having um, a hard delivery. And so he was there and kind of on the phone with her and she was explaining to him um, what to ask the physicians and, you know, really staying in contact. We all were poor thing. He was just by himself and I felt so bad. And so he, you know, just didn't know what to do. He didn't know if they were telling him the right information. And so she was really integral into calming him down and being able to fight for the, the right of his wife and getting not, not being looked at as a young couple. They didn't, they wanted to, not just a young couple, but a young black couple. And so they wanted to ensure that she was getting the best of care. And so he definitely wanted to come on. He wanted to hear her and wanted to support um, Pam while she was on the show because he really just, he has a closeness with her always, but especially, you know, just being grateful for everything that she did in terms of walking them through the process. And so during the, um, the presentation that we were having by her, he, he put a question in the chat and it really just took me back because we had never talked about this. And so his question was to ask her, what do you do as a husband um, when you have seen your wife go through such a traumatic delivery that it impacted you so mentally and physically to the point where you're not even sure you'd want to ha have her to have any more children because you didn't feel like you could watch her go through that again. Mm. And, and so it that floored me because he never said anything to me how he felt about that. And I think we were so in awe and just grateful that the baby was okay and that she was now okay, that we never thought to go back and ask him how he was doing and how was that for him. So that kind of brings us to the show today. So while you're in the room, so Garland, yes, it's, you get a cigar, you know, <laughs> Men just get a cigar, whether it's a pink band or a blue band, you know, and that's been pretty much the tradition that we go through, but we never, we don't. It's, I don't know if it's cultural or genderish or where it came from that we don't, con the, the only accolades we give the father, if it's a boy, it's a boy, I got a boy, yeah you know, and then the hype behind that. And it doesn't matter because if it's a girl, she's going to be a daddy's girl anyway. 
So mm -hmm. it's the love of there. So when you're, so what part do you want to start with first, Kathy? Because I know we have two situations that we want to talk to you about Garland to get the man's voice. So you're speaking for men today. Okay? <laughs> you are breaking the ground <laughs> on men talk. So we get to ask you questions. So normally in the room, when the father is there and the mm -hmm. woman is in so much pain mm -hmm. and you're just looking and you're like, it can't hurt that bad. It does. Mm -hmm. uh, that, that honestly wasn't my experience. Uh, the, it was an interesting point my mother brought up about the, uh, actually going to the appointments. I yeah. wasn't able to go to a lot of the appointments because of COVID. Uh, I feel like I caught the first check-in appointment, and from there I was just dropping off, sitting in the car, really trying to figure it out. Uh, I think technology kind of helped us. Um, we FaceTimed throughout the appointments a lot of times because I couldn't be there, just precautionary. Not, not even you, the husband, dad, you couldn't be in the room? Yep. Whoa. Mm -hmm. So no, put your hand here on the belly. See where the kid is kicking. The, here's the foot. There's the head. The ultrasound. You had to see it virtually. Uh, it's it sounds negative when you say it that way. I feel like <laughs> it was a. I feel like it was just a different experience to which people, fathers, uh, during COVID, if they cared to have. Uh, I think I had a, a unique one. It was different. I get absolutely every bit of my baby's life on my phone. I have literally ultrasounds to kicks oh. to things that, you know, you guys uh, remember about me, but now I have it for her forever. Mm -hmm. That's a great yes. way of looking at it. It is. No, I didn't mean to make it sound negative. It's just, it's just different. We, we, we didn't yeah. have these options. Mm -hmm. um, you were either in the room or you weren't. Mm -hmm. uh, you had to be there. So it's uh, the technology is definitely unique for this, yeah. this time of being able to, to do this. So I know when Kathy and I were born, I don't think we had ultrasounds. Did we, Kathy? Yeah, I wasn't they, there. I think that was what I mean. My <laughs> well, in terms of, I don't know, I'm, I'm saying because. I, with, that, I don't, I mean, what, I don't know. Now, now you're going to make me see? think. I don't know. I but know, I, I know for a fact you didn't have good car seats. I saw some car seats <laughs> when I was little. So I don't think you had an ultrasound. I'm going to make quiet. that guess. <laughs> But you're right, though. But I think I think Odell's point, Garland, was that as I was going through um, the appointments with you, uh, as much as possible, your father would come to the appointments and especially, right, Odell, the ones with the ultrasound, because that because they were few and far between. It wasn't like every yes. appointment you were getting an ultrasound. You just weren't. Yeah. It was, you know, one ultrasound. Yeah, the, it was one. I think for me, I had at the most three, 
but it was like few and far between. And boy, you wanted you wanted somebody to be there just to you know hear everything. And so I think from our perspective, those are missed opportunities. But I'm so glad to hear that you are looking at the positive of that versus the negative, because you're right. And then you know, and then again, even if that had happened now for me, technology, I wouldn't. I would have lost everything. So you know how to <laughs> you know how to record you know you and your your wife know how to do all of that. I would have been like, okay, well, let me draw a picture. This is <laughs> this is what it looked like. I think. Carolyn, I'm I'm always calling your mother. Did you see the file that I sent you? No, did I, keep it? Did I save it? Where is it? Where'd you put it? So so yeah, she would have definitely lost your picture. But now, but yes, there's ultrasounds. There are pictures. We didn't have those options. And the other one was finding out the gender. Mm-hmm. Um, when we, we you, you didn't know what we were until we came out and the doctor said, boy or girl. Yeah. Now, you know, when you all were born, we were able to find out a boy or a girl. They were able mm-hmm. to tell you. So it's it's different. Is it good for a father who, um, do most men want to know the gender beforehand? Well, just I'll just say good. you. You'll just say you. Did you want? I'm very good at speaking for myself. I am horrible at speaking for others. But uh, <laughs> I know for me, I didn't have a a bias. I wanted a girl, but I didn't have like a. I wasn't going to be okay if it was a boy. I just as as it got closer and closer, and we had the the complications and everything like that. Uh, everything switched to just be healthy, just just be healthy, and just get here. That was um, that's everything I thought uh, when I was in the hospital because um, we had to have an emergency C-section, and I couldn't be in the room because uh, you know, unlike my mother, uh, very calm and serene, I was not. I was by myself and everything was going to go how I said it was going to go or else. And then they had a whole lot more people than I did there. I was like, you know what? I think the doctor should handle everything how they want to handle it. But yeah, it was, um, I just wanted her to get here. And then I wanted Jasmine to be okay. You know, um, Jasmine is your wife. Jasmine is my wife. Yes. She, uh, she had to be intubated because um, I guess the drugs that they were administering were not strong enough. She felt a lot of the cuts and tension that, um, that you know, so often Black women, especially, but women in general, uh, people don't believe them when they're on the table. You're you're on drugs. You know you don't know what's going on. Wow. Uh, you don't feel it. But I saw I saw a tear, and uh, she looked at me and said it hurts. And it, it was it was history from there. I just started kicking stuff, and everybody stopped. And then they had to escort me out the room. And I uh, I was there for about three hours just pacing the hallway and a nurse actually came by and walked with me. She was off work and would not leave me till uh, 
till they bought out Ramsey, and then 30 minutes after that, or 30 minutes to an hour after that, they bought out Jazz, and I was not doing well until I had either both of them in my hands. So it was different. Let's let's go back to the it hurts. Mm -hmm. It hurts anyway. It, it hurts before the medication. It hurts when you're pregnant. It, it hurts. Delivery hurts. So, but you said something very unique. You said that the, they weren't sure. If I want to make sure I heard you correctly, was she, oh yeah, first time mother, all this always hurts. Or is there something different going on? When did you all realize that it wasn't just labor pains that was hurting? It was something different. How long did it take the doctors to re really respond to something else is going on? I am fully confident that they would not have, uh, they wouldn't have done anything if mm -hmm. I was not there. Yeah. Really? And she she said it hurt. They said we gave her the drugs as if it was just a checklist. You know, this is what we do. Go down the list. That's it. And uh, I think when I stood up, the the only the person that stopped the doctor was the anesthesiologist, and uh, he was also a black man. Um, so he recognized that I was not okay. He recognized that they needed to stop and uh, reset everything from there. And I think the fact too that they had already given her the spinal. Um, and it just too, and it just didn't take. And and his conversation with our cousin here, she's saying that's something's wrong with that. That if 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 by some miracle the first one didn't work, then something is definitely wrong that you gave her two and she's still feeling it. And so I think what helped was um, that obviously her mother was you know not doing doing well because that's her her daughter that's her baby right and so trying to walk garland through i recognized that i needed to step back because i didn't have the right answers and so then we put pam in place to kind of speak with him to give him the correct verbiage to use in responding because again they see and we know that this happens right they see a young black couple there and they don't know what they're talking about. And so by him being able to ask the appropriate questions and do it forcefully, I think that's when some attention got paid to her situation. And it's unfortunate that it had to occur that way. And, and this is what we talk about on this show is in our culture, we don't have the correct medical language to attach to our behaviors or our pain and we use the words that we say. So for a, if they look at you on paper, young couple, professionals, first time it's going to hurt and you have no idea what it's not supposed to feel like because this is your first child. So your first one, we don't know what it's supposed to feel like, but we know what, if you say I'm not supposed to feel you cutting me, then I'm not supposed to feel that. Mm -hmm. So yeah. what was it like for you having to now no longer, well, not still be dad, 
but now you have to be the mental health, physical, medical advocate for your wife and child. What was that role like for you? Uh, I think it, strictly speaking for myself, I think that was the easier part for me. Um, It was easier for me because of my profession. I'm an analyst. So any paperwork, things along those lines, I was able to get those things done expeditiously uh, and focus on where I was needed, which was, you know, next to my wife, next to my baby. Um, I think that is what most people focus on for dads is, uh, you know, the paperwork part because you're not really needed um, for the first three, six months of life. They just need to eat and sleep. Uh, so that, that was another, that was another point of contention for me, not feeling needed, I guess. So I was trying to do everything, any paperwork, any bill, any bottle needed, everything. I was just Mm -hmm. trying to fill my time. So girl, I guess we're talking about back in the hospital though, at what point, um, because obviously you were needed in the hospital, right? Because mm-hmm. she wouldn't, she couldn't at that time fight for herself. So mm-hmm. you did, regardless, um, you should know, and you should be very proud of yourself that you did, regardless of how you feel right now. If you had not been there, you advocated for your wife and baby, which ultimately helped them to be okay. So please know that as, as a husband and as a father, you did, that was, the first job and you did a tremendous job. And unfortunately we were in a COVID situation. And so my heart was breaking knowing that you had to deal with that going through that. But I, I think that what, what, um, what we are doing, um, asking you is once you, when did you recognize that part of it? Right. That, this is what I ended up having to do. So again, I, if we go back to the beginning and I talked about the fact that um, I was shocked by your response to the question that you raised in the chat when Pam was on the show, when did you recognize that you really felt that way? Was it, it cause it wasn't immediate, was it? Or did, was it immediate and we just, I just missed it. When I felt like I uh, you know, all, all the, I understand. Um, I guess it's different because I don't feel like I got a chance to actually reflect on it until right now. Uh, so I think it's a few times, you know, time and time again, uh, people ask you questions, uh, when are you going to have another one? Um, and whenever somebody, whenever that question even gets asked in the air, I think about that moment, uh, when they had to take her and do the intubation, when they said it wasn't working, it wasn't right, the heart rate started dropping, and... 
Garland, I hate to interrupt, but you're using a word that some of our listeners may not know what that is. You're saying a, a incubator? Intubated. Uh, Intubated. Could you stick a tube down her throat and uh, so she could breathe while they uh, knocked her out? She was unconscious to, because she kept feeling them cut her, so they had to uh, put her to sleep. Okay. And get the baby out and wake her back up. Uh, luckily, she did wake back up. So I think uh, right right when they rushed her to the emergency room, that was when that question was was freezing. It's paralyzing every time I think about it. I'm like we can we can adopt. We can do something else. I do not want to see that potentially happen again. Other, what was the I mean, I don't want to make it sound insensitive. Was it knowing that your wife was going through so much pain or oh, yeah. you're worried about your child or their might have been selfish. Safety? It might have been selfish. It was, uh, I can't do anything to help her mm-hmm. right now. Okay. And, uh, yeah, that was, the, that was the kicker. That's not selfish, though. It's, uh, it's, you know, one of the things as when I remember when I gave birth to my, my, my daughter and my husband was there and he was, you know, trying to make conversation to take the, you know, to make it lighter. Like, well, I've been through a lot of pain. I had my tooth pulled without Novocaine one day, you know, so he's going through, you know, I had this done or I've been kicked in my private, you know, and he's it's just going through these seriously just going through these and the nurse is like no that doesn't even compare to the pain that she's going through and Mm -hmm. as a first-time mother i mean we see things on tv but you we as delivering have no idea what this pain stems from the top of our head all the way down to our toes Mm -hmm. and it does not stop Mm -hmm. and then i did not know that you had to push on a contraction. And I'm like, I have pain and I have to push. (laughs) (laughs) So there are things that I did not know. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's like parents don't prepare you for that delivery room other than, you know, Lamaze classes teaching you how to breathe and hold your husband's hand and, you know, all of that. Right. I That's guess right. all of that was gone out the window. It, yeah. it it didn't apply. We had a doula and a virtual doula because we couldn't go to Lamaze classes and things like that. So we got online books and stuff showing us how to do these techniques. And uh, our doula via FaceTime was showing us, you know, where to rub, how to hold her hips in so that it's, you know, not hurting as much. Dead. And we have all that stuff too. So now now I feel like we'd be much more prepared uh, well, if okay. we did, but I'm still, I'm still open to other suggestions. <laughs> but you know, I, I didn't even think about that Odell too, right? Cause even that experience was virtual. Everything was virtual. My God, mm-hmm. I wasn't even thinking about that because there is something 
to be said for someone to really be on hands with you and showing you exactly where to, you know, because I remember my classes. I I didn't pay attention to them because I was eating squirrel nuts through the entire class. But I, <laughs> <laughs> I went, my husband and I went, but, you know, going into the hospital, they had the best penny candy section and I bought a bag of squirrel nuts every single time. <laughs> I went to the class and that's what I did for the entire time through the class. I was kind of paying attention, but the squirrel nuts were like the old fashioned ones, not the little small ones they have now. So, but so I didn't even think about that, not even having that experience. So yeah. that's a lot. That's a it lot. It's a lot, especially yeah. to, you know, have to do a lot of this virtually. And, you know, you're correct. You think a delivery is a healthy delivery pain, you know, push, tears, and the wife is calling you everything but the name that your parents gave you <laughs> because that's what we see and that's what we're taught to do. We're we, we've seen it on TV, our parents tell us, you know, just hold her hand, put some ice chips, put cool cloth on her head. They tell you all the things to do to keep us, the mother, comfortable mm -hmm. and just just hold her hand just be there and just talk to her but we don't prepare you for something else could happen in that room mm -hmm. yeah and that we don't prepare yeah you're right and we don't prepare the father either we're talking to the father about comforting her but we don't and as you just said odell we don't say how to keep yourself calm too and that's that's really key so I mean, this has just opened up a world of conversation that could really happen for men. So, so, so Garland, is there anything that looking back that you wished your parents had told you about the delivery room or being a first time father? I mean, I know they told you clean your room, eat your vegetables, <laughs> sit up straight, you know, Something that I would have remembered, uh, Something that <laughs> something good. that I could suggest uh, bring extra pillows because the little bench that they sit you on <laughs> uh, it's not made for sleeping. That's uh, funny. I feel like there was three four days there just filled with anxiety. I don't remember sleeping, trying to sleep, nothing. I was just super attentive. I think I'm like that any way, but any little noise that happened, uh, if the baby turned, if she, if the, the blanket ruffled anything, I was up just staring her right in her face. Like, are, are you okay? Are you alive? And doing the same thing to Jasmine. I just, I couldn't, you know, I just wanted to be helpful. Yeah. And that, and again, going back to, to COVID, I think that, you know, there's been a lot of conversations about the impact of what people went through during COVID year. And I have to tell you of the conversations that I have heard, this is not one of those that have been the more common. And so we forget about the fact that this was during COVID. And so, you know, Odell, when I had you know, my son, my husband could leave and he could go get something to eat and he could bring me back something to eat if I wanted it. And so you couldn't do that 
this, you know, you couldn't, it wasn't as easy to just walk out and go grab her something to eat. You couldn't do that because we were still in COVID. So that was just such a, an impact on you as, as well as your wife, but, you know, just we're coming from the male perspective to say, you know, you feel like her job at that time was done. She had a baby and she was bonding with the baby. And you just kind of, I think you talked about that, just kind of felt almost like an outsider, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, uh, I think I was trying to be as supportive as I could, but the frustration gets to you, especially for COVID when you, you know, the doctors are telling you to help your wife walk around. And as soon as you see somebody in the hallway, you got to turn back the opposite way. Then if there's somebody else in the hallway, it's like, do, do I just sit here until everybody goes away? And bringing food in was a task in itself. Uh, getting her just regular stuff uh, when she was hot, she wanted juice and the nurse said that they would go get it. I, I, I feel the seconds ticking by until I wanted to go out the door. It's like, what was happening with the juice? It was probably like 30 seconds in actuality, but it felt like an hour. And it was just, it was high intensity. Everybody's door was closed that was there, you know, trying to figure out if you can take your mask off. They tell you not to. It's, it was different, very different. And I can imagine, you know, I, I can't imagine what that's that's like because we didn't experience it. So mm -hmm. I'm not even gonna try to put us there because I wasn't. We had, you know, nurses, doctors, and I, you know, my daughter was born at Yale. But I remember when she was born, Kathy, you'll love this. Um, she was born and she didn't cry. She cried when she came out, so they knew that she was alive, mm -hmm. but she wasn't crying. And the doctors were, oh, she's, you know, she's getting adjusted, she's okay. But I'm like, something's wrong, something, mm -hmm. you know. And she was light, and where I'm dark, my husband's darker than me. And my daughter was your mother's complexion when she was born. So my family waited until my husband left the room and said, okay, tell us who the real father is because we know it ain't the day. We, we know it's not him. <laughs> okay. oh, and I'm like, God. it is. They're like, mm, no, because she looked like a little Chinese baby. She was light. And they were like, no, so she's still not crying. And it took another shift for a nurse to come in. And when the nurse came in, I said, she said, do you have any concerns? Yes, yeah, she's not crying. So they tested her. She had fractured her clavicle and mm -hmm. she was bleeding internally. So they had to keep her in ICU. She we had to leave her there and she had to stay for three weeks. And then within that time, the color started to come back into her skin and the family was like okay yeah now we believe that you know the husband's the father mm -hmm. but that fear of this little baby is bleeding internally mm -hmm. and you know there's nothing you can do about it you can't see it but you can mm -hmm. sense that something is wrong 
and you are helpless. Yeah. So, um, girl, and I uh, and Odell, I don't I don't know if I had shared this with you too. We want to just jump a little bit because prior to this pregnancy, and and every pregnancy is important, right? But prior to this pregnancy, um, they had a miscarriage, and so um, I think, girl, we we talk about Odell and I talked about on another show that when people go through miscarriages of of a couple we tend to talk about the woman and is she okay? Is she making it? How, how is it impacting her? And again, just like our podcast, don't forget about the men. We tend not to ask the men how they're doing. How did, how did that impact you, your wife having a, a miscarriage? Uh, we had two significant uh, miscarriages and I think it certainly put a strain on our oh, how old was I? I I think it put a strain on our marriage for sure um, just in the fact that you know we don't know if we're supposed to confide in each other we don't know how to you know, be separate. We're by ourselves down here. It was a lot of emotion. And I think that also made uh, Ramsey a bit more special, but it also, um, it put us in a different state. Whereas before, um, because of the miscarriages, we never made it past, I think, four months. And once we hit that four months and one day, we were just looking like, okay, don't make no sudden movements. Don't, don't trip. You trip. I'm, I'm punching your face. Don't, don't do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the days just kept coming. We went to the doctor's appointments, however we could, virtually. Mm -hmm. And it was just a long bonding experience for us. Um, but as far as the actual miscarriages, those, I don't think they're ever, you know, they're, they're never good. It's just for the dads, for me in particular, uh, I think I just do it like every other guy I would imagine. Just tuck it away, throw yourself in the work, and just move on. So you don't have to think about it. But if mm -hmm. I were to think about it right now, um, you know, nothing ever goes to plan. If you want to have something, uh, if you, we, we, we tried to, I tried to selfishly plan it to have a Taurus baby, but that never worked out. Um, <laughs> but when Ramsey came, it just made everything reset for us. Uh, didn't think about them at all. So, Garland, I have a question for you. Were mm -hmm. you able to, like you said, so first you said, and I'm going to catch you on this one. You said, mm -hmm. I'm not talking for all men. I can only talk for me. Yeah. <laughs> and and now you're like, like most men, you know, you just hold it in and you go to work mm -hmm. and you don't talk about it. We know why you're told that because, you know, it's you're a man, you know, suck it up. 
be a man. Keep going. I don't even but, know if that's true. Not to cut you off. I don't even know if that's true. I just said it just to take the heat off of myself. Sorry. That doesn't work in this room. That it sure doesn't. Room. So did you feel that you could, did you and your wife talk about the miscarriages? How you did you were you able to talk to her about how you felt going through two miscarriages? Because it's yeah. a, it's you were. Yeah, okay. for sure. That was the uh, that was the only person I could confide in because you know nobody else to me anyway would understand how it felt. Mm -hmm. You know there there is nobody else you can call your mom, you can, you know, call dad, call best friends. The the only person that's going to understand it is the person you're going through it with. So, yeah, we, we talked about it. Uh, we talked about it. My wife's also a therapist, so she's great at pulling information out of me when I don't want to talk about something. But, uh, yeah, after after the second one and we hashed everything out and we said we were going to try again and you know just keep our faith in god it, it happened for us and you know we just didn't look back so girl i think you i'm going to jump on that a little bit because one of one of the things and we talk a lot on this um podcast about is um people that don't feel like they can express their feelings or share it with other people but obviously you know um what miss odell has been through and the loss of her sons but she got to the point where we can have you know open dialogue about it which is really important in order to kind of get through any traumatic experience but we also i started to ask her questions like okay What's some of the like dumbest things that someone has said to you when you were going through your trauma, right? And so if you think back, and I hate to use the word dumbest things, but what do you think? Did you not speak about it because of insensitive things that people were saying? And I hate to say that either, but just things that people were asking you that they just didn't understand. The question that they asked showed that they didn't understand what you were going through. Do you remember anything like that? Or said. Mm, you know, I'm like daddy in that sense. I have a, a very close knit. Uh, I'll say close, but it's, it's actually the word small. I have about three friends and they all have kids and, you know, they all unfortunately went through the, well, kind of the same instances. So I had a support system to talk to. Uh, about it aside from that because it's covid i'm really in the house so i'm not mm. making friends online or going to bars anything like that casual conversation so i didn't talk to really anybody except jasmine about it um mm -hmm. and it's not a real work conversation so i'm just working home for two three years like the rest of the world so Garland, how do you respond to somebody when they, you know, it's 
three and a half months and they're checking in with you. How's it going? You know, and then you talk to them again and you have to find the words to say we had a miscarriage. Mm. How do you tell somebody that? How do you feel when someone not knowing is just calling and checking in? Hey, how's it going? You know, I know you're excited and you have to shift that entire conversation. Dads, especially, dads, especially, um, the, the level of anxiety and fear I felt for anyone to come around us to, to think that my wife was okay for the day. And, you know, maybe it's a good idea to have somebody come over or, you know, we had friends that regularly came over to cancel a date night. So, oh, guys aren't feeling well. I'm, yeah, let's, let's go with that. We're not feeling well, whatever mm. keeps you there and us here. Uh, those suck. Yeah, yeah, but those those are I would file that under a dad responsibility to mitigate damage. Yeah. And uh yeah, it was hard. The first one the first one was ridiculously hard. Didn't even know how to process, how to talk to one another. Second one, we could only talk to one another. So mm. yeah. This is really helpful to hear, girl, because um, like I said, I think what you did was open up uh, doors to conversations that we know just do not occur. So is there advice that you would give any father that is expecting or advice that you might give a couple that may have gone through what you did in terms of Jasmine experiencing? Um, a, a difficult labor and or someone um, experiencing a miscarriage? One of my friends, um, he was having a baby recently, tail end of COVID, so he was able to go to some things and not able to go to others. But um, this particular friend and the mother were not together mm -hmm. um so where he chose to confide in me and say you know i think we're just gonna split and you know do our separate thing as quickly as possible you know file paperwork and all that stuff uh he asked how i felt about it and i would just talk about my experience you know this is what I did for Jasmine. This is the things that she needed or that I thought she needed. Um, you know, and these things helped our helped our uh, experience at the hospital better. If you do things like this, you know, the paperwork's easier. But all those things, I did all of those things to spend the most time I could with my wife and my baby during this time. So if you don't plan on staying or doing anything with this baby, then I wouldn't do these things. But it ended up that he took all the emotional stated advice that I gave him about, you know, just being there for your wife, being there for your baby, uh, 
technology is crazy. We have, I have everything about my baby right now. Uh, all the apps, uh, for her doctor's appointments. I know when she, her three months, six months, nine months appointment, what she weighed, how she's trending for other babies and, you know, (laughs) everything. I, I have absolutely everything. And, uh, when you when you get a chance to change your social circle like you start hanging out with friends that have babies and you start getting memberships to things that you can invite other people to uh it it, you have fun it's it's just a different part of life like you uh mommy being a grandmother now i get to share a lot of her life with you and you're 600 miles away uh, that's true the advice you should see I her have. phone you should see her <laughs> phone. you know she needs a, she needs a Kathy grandma app you know you should see my wife's phone I, I'm amazed every time I look at her phone she has a picture albums and it's categorized by geographical location she got like new <laughs> pictures in this one and and this is her pink hair bow collection, and this it's it's the list is endless. My <laughs> my advice would be to certainly take advantage of of the new times. We're we're in new times. Mm-hmm. This is we we get to do stuff that our parents couldn't do for us. So it's it's brand new. Look look online, start reading articles, and get the baby apps. My uh my baby just counted to 10 and we just we're about to start a daycare with her and her child uh, the lady that runs the daycare she uh she was like your baby does all that i was like yeah because a technology you guys they don't don't give them screen time no she watches uh Achille and me and all these other shows that are just straight counting counting in spanish counting in English, uh, head, shoulders, knees, and toes. She knows her nose, mouth, teeth, everything. <laughs> Make it educational. Make it fun. We go on our walks every day. Uh, she got the tablet there, but it's all in Spanish because I know she'll get English from us. So yeah, take advantage awesome. of this time that we're in. Very different. Very yeah. different. Girl, I have to ask you before we close, we're heading... Um, and I knew we would make it an hour. Your mama didn't. Uh, I, had zero faith. I had zero faith that I was going to be I, able to talk for I was like, an hour. I, I knew because it's just natural conversation. But your mama mm-hmm. said, now it's going to be 30 minutes. Because <laughs> she protected her baby. But I'm like, I knew this was great conversation. We know how to do this. At any point before your daughter was born, after she was born, we know that your sister was born autistic. Mm -hmm. And were you nervous at all that it could be hereditary and that your your daughter could be autistic? After, after, um, I will certainly say, uh, I, I remember fondly a lady coming to our house uh, when I was younger and helping my sister walk um, and with her speech. Um, And there was something that my sister 
used to do, uh, she used to shake her hands and shake her head. And uh, something that my parents would ask me to do is to stop her from doing that. You know, just uh, whenever she does it, just uh, hold her hand or, you know, just say, hey, stop. Uh, And Ramsey did that uh, when she was six months. I was, I, was, I was freaking out. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. What am I going to do? I got to I gotta get her tested. I got to do all this stuff. And uh, luckily, my wife uh, calmed me down. She was like, hey, she's a baby. She shakes her head now that she knows how to. And she shakes her hands now that she knows how to. Uh, she's going to be fine. And if she was, we're going to be fine. Because guess what? You have a sister that's autistic and you grew up with her and you know what to do and you love her and we'll love our baby so yeah okay thank you yeah that's great girl you got a good wife yes (laughs) you have a good wife so garland thank you i know this was not easy for you to come on and talk about these type of issues in your life but it is important that we have these type of conversations as i shared with odell because we had uh teal that we have always been open have an open household in terms of how we feel and the things that we go through because having um a child with autism is a traumatic event and what you experienced watching your wife uh go through such an a hard, a difficult labor as, and delivery. And then also the two miscarriages, we know that those two can be traumatic events, but it is important that people learn to talk about them and especially more so men, because we know men will tend to hold their feelings in. Women, we will eventually talk about it, um, but we will only talk about it to close friends. But we encourage you. I'm glad that you are talking about this because someone, another man is going to hear this or a woman is going to hear this or a mother, and they're going to share it with their son or their nephew or their boyfriend to say, listen, he talked about it. You should be open about your feelings because we know that life has its own interruptions, but we talk about those issues on this show because we don't want people to get stuck where they are because ultimately these interruptions are just that. They're not intended to be permanent unless you allow them to be. And so we appreciate your conversation. We appreciate you being open. Um, And if I ever missed anything that you were trying to tell me, know that I am always here as your mother to hear you um, because that's what we do, right? Um, so I appreciate what you're doing. And you should also know that um, Odell started this podcast. Uh, she wrote a book. She wrote a play. And now she's also out in the community doing training about conversations like this to be open, that people need to understand. It's important that you don't internalize the traumatic event that you went through, but that you share it with other people so that others can help you through your process as well. So Odell, I just want to, while we have a minute to close, if you, I just want to catch up with you to tell me, you know, how is your trainings going? And then just share with people how they can find out more about your training. Uh, thank you. Our trainings, first training starts on the 16th. It was pushed back um, from the 9th to the 16th. 
So we're going up to Bloomfield, Connecticut, First Cathedral Church, where the Archbishop Bailey is the pastor. And we're start training on Monday the 16th at 6.30. So we're excited um, about this. They have the book. We've got the workbook. I have the team ready. We've been prepping and preparing. And, you know, we're talking about who's going to teach what role. But we're very excited when Bishop, when Pastor Bailey says, you know, what do you expect? And it's like we want people to know that it's okay to talk about interruptions. And it's different for everybody, good, bad, or indifferent. You know, new job, you're expecting a baby, you don't have a baby, and then finally you get a baby, it's an interruption. Um, now you have to, child is here, you have a new job, you have your church is closed, and you have to do something different. Interruptions are good or they're bad, and they're bad. But how do you deal with them? How do you how do you say? Because you said, Garland, I was an an, I'm an analyst, so I use those skill sets to figure out how to solve this problem. And this is what we talk about: knowing that who you are as an individual and going into your skills, what you have to help you to reinvent yourself and to make your life and your home health healthy and happy. So I can't believe that this is what your mother and I are doing. Our website has launched. It is up and running and it's officially launched and it's uh, RevOdellResilience.com and you know where we're up there we have First Cathedral is our church is our first church and then uh, Christian Tabernacle, uh, Community Baptist, so Mount Airy Baptist Church, our church, they, they, they did a book reading. So the message is getting out slowly, but it takes time for people to want to go through this process. And unfortunately, Kathy, you, you would you not believe the main problem that we're coming up with. What? Folks just don't like to read. Oh. You know, that old cliche, the old cliche that I don't like is that if you want to hide something from black people, put it in a book. I know. You know. And the hardest part now is getting people to read. And I think it's a lot to do with your, this generation, technology. Yes. Yes. Siri, tell me this. Google, yes. tell me this. They don't have to read it. You got a machine that answers your question for you. Yeah. So life is life is different, but we're going to get through it and figure it out. So we're excited that we are breaking ground next week and we are going to disrupt the silence. That's great. Well, Garland, thank you so much again. Thank you. Thank Pleasure you seeing thank you. you and me on. I'm, I'm saying this while we're on live screen. Tell your daughter when she goes to college, she comes home. Uh, it's got to be the red and white. Oh, you know, okay. Well, sorry we have to end now. The show is over. <laughs> so, it's it's got to be. It's got to be the red and white. forward to that day. <laughs> oh, he knows better. He knows better. <laughs> All, right. All right. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you.